This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back on Inside Black and Gold, your favorite podcast to talk about the same thing over and over and over again, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the thing we talked about last week. I'm, uh, I'm happy. We're not in the, the doldrums of summer, though. Things haven't been so bad yet. No, we've had stuff. I, I mean, it, it, well, it's funny because the doldrums is when you can actually like research stuff and not have to constantly be reacting, <laughs> uh, which like I kind of prefer. I think it makes for good podcasts. Whereas like in like during the season, it's all just like reacting to this, reacting to that. Yeah. And right now we're still in that. We're still reacting to stuff constantly. And so we'll see. But, you know, this is, you know, I I think it's important that we talk about this again, just because we spent a long time talking about the Michael Thomas Twitter bombs that he was (laughs) lobbing left and right uh, last week or during the AFC championship. Right. And then afterward. Right. So I think it's only fair that we spend some time talking about, the response to it, which was Derek Carr on the the two G's in a pod podcast. It's James Jones and Amber Theo Harris. And it's an interesting coupling because, you know, Derek Carr's on there and James Jones was his former wide receiver in Oakland. Maybe they're in Vegas at that point. I can't remember, but you know, so, so James knows Derek, you know, and, and so I, you know, his takes are almost as interesting as what Derek has to say about it. But I'm not going to play that because, you know, if you want to hear them talk on their podcast, you should go listen to their podcast. I recommend it. It's a really good interview. They do a good job. Um, Before warned, there is another podcast called Two G's in a Pod. They are not the only Two G's in a Pod. (laughs) Um, So uh, if you see these random, these two random white dudes talking, that's the wrong one. Go find the right one. Um, But, you know, I, I did clip out you know, about 90 seconds of what Derek had to say. There's more to it. If you want to hear it, go, you know, listen to that podcast. I don't want to steal their content any more than I have to so that we can talk about it 
while also putting it in the context that it deserves. And this is about the smallest clip I could grab that that does not take away important context of what Derek said. Um, but I'm, I am going to play that for you here so we can kind of have a discussion about it. And uh, here's that. Know exactly when it happened, but it probably wasn't the best ball. And I'm be completely honest. James knows. James, James played with me. I'm not going to throw a perfect ball 100 out of 100 times, but you know I probably didn't throw the best ball. But if that's how he wants to view it and how he wants to see it, completely fine by me. You know, and I I understand also that when I came in the building, you know, you know we have Chris Olave who they were trying to train to be the number one guy. So all of a sudden, every rep and every read and practice is Chris first. You know. And, and, and as a superstar that Mike is and what he has been, I can understand you're dealing with all the injury noise. You're dealing with now Chris has become a guy, and he loves Chris. You know, that, that's his guy, Ohio State, all that. But I can understand where the frustration begins to build. You know, I can understand where all those things begin to take place. Um, but, you know, there was times during the season where he'd be frustrated or this or that, and I wouldn't, you know, tweet about it. I would just call him. You know, and I just be like, look, bro, like this is what it is, bro. We're grown men. We can talk about anything. And uh, every time that, you know, I went on there and, you know, talked to him, you know, there was times where I, I you know, went at him and co- confronted him about something and said something. And he probably over time with all the frustration grew to not liking that, you know. Uh, but I've always just tried to tell the truth in love. And sometimes, you know, people don't like it, you know, but. You know, I, I hope Mike finds what he's looking for. I hope he gets everything he wants uh, in life because I do love Mike. Uh, but at that moment, I didn't really like it. You know, I was like, <laughs> you just just call me, bro. Like, yeah, you know, to say this, to say all these things, like I felt like it was like we're doing like some middle school thing, man. Just talk to me. And Mike was great about talking to me. But in that moment, you know, that's why I just try and stay off social media, man. There's so much love. There's so much hate. Just try to stay off it. Wise words from Derek Carr about social media. Yeah, you know, and and yeah, I think that's fair, right? A lot of what he's saying there is is fair. Again, that's the two G's in a pod. It's a podcast with James Jones and Amber Thea Harris. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes in the show description on YouTube. So if you want to go listen to that, go go do it. And I know he said a lot of interesting stuff. He was also asked about John Gruden, and he had some interesting answers. This was prior to the Clint Kubiak news coming out, so he was asked in context of what would you think about John Gruden being your offensive coordinator? And if this had been posted a week earlier, it would have been a really interesting answer um, to talk about. It's not anymore, but I do think it's like, I would not be shocked to see John Gruden maybe in consideration for, I don't know, an offensive assistant role or something like that. Cause like we, we talked about on the, on the show on Friday, you know, I think the next step for John is going to be getting his foot back in the door of the coaching ranks and normalizing that he's in the NFL again. And then from there, maybe, you know, putting his name in the in some of these coaching searches. But I never yeah, thought I it made sense for him to be the offensive coordinator. And I so now it's like, OK, but what was that? Definitely see uh, having Gruden in some kind of lesser role. Definitely, though, still around if they think he can help, obviously, Carr in some way, shape or form. And obviously, if I think Kubiak approves uh, sh- that, that he's going to be the man in charge now, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I was on step with you the whole entire way of there's no way that that Gruden was going to come in and want to take a role as offense coordinator. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm a head coach for, for crying out loud. Okay, and yeah, funny, he's got to get things straightened out with the NFL a little on the legal side. And then, yeah, he, he could very well be a hot commodity for next season. 
it's funny because they asked him, they asked Derek if he thought he could be an offensive coordinator, and he kind of gave a non-committal answer. He was like, he yeah. could do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. But like, it's like, I think that's kind of in code for like, no, he's not going to take the, anyway. Uh, right, so Mister, that dude with that with his personality and you know the bravado he brings to, he's not taking a step back to OC. No, it, it doesn't. It never made sense. Anyway, uh, let's get back to the, the Mike <laughs> part of it. You know, a big part of what I thought we learned in that rant, and I talked about this uh, last week in our podcast, is I I didn't realize how dissatisfied Mike was with his role, and you know the the bad ball stuff like. You know, even Derek said he didn't know exactly when it happened because I think there is some confusion there. In in the the first ball was the bad ball, but the second ball was the one he got hurt on, and that was just a slant. Um, but there, you know, there's, there's clearly resentment there on Mike's side. But I don't think like there's no way that it was just that one play that set Mike off to the point that he's tweeting about his quarterback to just random people uh, <laughs> throughout the course of a weekend, right? Like. You know, and and I think that there's a lot more to it. And Derek said a lot there in terms of, you know, we got in the building and they're trying to train Chris Olave to be the number one receiver. And as a superstar, you're probably like, well, what the hell? And, you know, I mean, I think that tells you a lot. And at the, over the course of the season, no, he and Mike did not get along. They did not see eye to eye on things. He said in that in that quote that they got into some dust ups or he'd they'd have phone calls or they'd have whatever. Um, and like I talked about in the other uh, podcast, he, you know, Derek would say, Hey, you if you don't if you think you should be getting the ball here, go talk to them. Go talk to the coaches because I'm just doing what they're telling me to do. And 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 you're Mike and you're like, Well, I don't think that's true. I think you're doing a bad job and no one's saying it. But you know, at the end of the day. To me, it's like I think what you're hearing from Derek there makes sense, and what you heard from Mike makes sense in a lot of ways. And well, we can disagree on whether you know Mike should have been the focal point of the offense. We can debate that. We can debate whether Derek was a good teammate, right? We can debate that. We can debate whether Derek takes accountability for when he's not good enough. And I don't think at points this season he did. Um, and we can talk about that. But what is not up for debate? What is objectively not up for debate is whether the impact that the 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 rift, the discontentment, the whatever between Derek Carr and Michael Thomas, what impact that had on the locker room in terms of positive or negative. It was objectively a negative impact on that room. However you slice it, wherever you land, the quarterback and the veteran wide receiver openly feuding over who gets the ball with the wide receiver tweeting about his quarterback during the season, which is what happened after Derek kind of yelled at Chris Olave. And that Mike was still on the team at that point. Mike had not disappeared with an injury, right? That was during the season. And then Derek sees that, right? And like, and your teammates sees that, uh, like Chris sees that. And, you know, again, you can agree with Mike and you can say Mike is right in all of these things. But at the end of the day, that was not a positive thing for the locker room. And you saw what happened when it kind of got removed, right? The team started playing better. Um, and so, you know, you could say, well, they should have moved on from Derek and, and fine. I understand why you're saying that. That's but not going to happen. Come on. Right? Gonna happen. 
But I, I like I like how Carr was like, well, I wish him the best because, yeah, we know Mike T ain't coming back. Yeah, I, I did like that. I was like, I hope he finds what he's looking for. <laughs> it um, was like a bad relationship, you know, when it ends. And it's like, well, I hope, you know, one day you find your true love. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, you know, uh, it's not me, it's you kind of situation. Right, exactly. Or it's not you, it's me, uh, whatever. But, you know, and, and like, again, like, I love Mike. I think Mike is a great player. I, I wish that the injuries never happened, you know, uh, but they did. And I think one big issue, one big kind of split between the quarterback, the wide receiver, the offense and the wide receiver, the offensive coordinator, I should say, like the the plan of the offense and the wide receiver in this case is, no, Mike is not the same player he was in 2019. He's not. He's just not. He's still a good player. He's still a very good player. He's still a very effective player. But no, you are not going to be pushing him 12, 15 targets a game. You're not. This is Chris Olave's team now, right? And either you're on board with that or you're not. And I think early on, there was this idea that, you know, okay, I can live with it. I can figure it out. And then as things didn't go well, no, it stopped being a thing that was was okay. And you know, I, I I don't know. Like, but I do think, you know, the question is, can you move forward from this? And can that offense, can that locker room can gel in a way that you I don't think happened this year well enough, at least not across the board. Um, and I think you can, but I think you have to move on from Mike Thomas, right? I think that's something you probably should have done last year. You probably should have done it two years ago, but the contract didn't make sense to move on from. And to me, now you're at a point where you're going to prioritize locker room chemistry and and that con- that that combination of ingredients right um, over the financial ramifications of moving on. You just have to. To me, yeah, I still hear to, when I hear the whole stuff even happening now, you know, going back with Michael Thomas being a disturbance it's kind of like the end of the season mickey mickey loomis addressing the locker room and it's like one of those things finding out who's with this team and who's against it and right i'm i'm sorry but mike t is someone that definitely is against the the what this team is trying to build right now yeah yeah i mean you know it's funny because i don't even know if i'd go that far i just don't think he gets along with the quarterback well and that's (laughs) a problem obviously because that's not changing right there's only so many. There's only so many variables you can change in an off season, <laughs> right? And it's and and no. And if the and if the question is, if you're out there saying, "Wow, they they chose Derek Carr over Michael Thomas. They chose Dennis Allen over the players." Like, yeah, <laughs> you are. You're choosing your locker room. You're choosing this 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 over disgruntled veteran players who I don't think were ever on. You know, in, just bought into the bought into the the program. Now, my bigger question is is Marshawn. How does he factor into all this? Because we don't have this kind of very visible blow up that we know fully about, but there have been reports, there have been rumblings that he was not happy with how things were going. Um and we'll see, you know, and and I think the restructure and how they did it with the option bonus is indicative of that. In, and you do have a chance to move on from him or you're considering moving on from him. Otherwise, you would have never set his contract up the way you did. So that's my bigger question is how is that all, all sorted out? Because I think it's a different... I don't think it's the same issue if Marshawn is upset as it would be with, with Mike because I think so much of Mike's issue is Derek Carr. 
And I don't see how Marshawn, I, I don't know how that could work <laughs> where, where Marshawn's mad about Derek. That wouldn't make a ton of sense. to me. What's what, wild too is obviously the relationship seemed to be, it started out on a great foot with Michael Thomas having these glowing reviews with praying hands of, of Carr joining the saints. And it didn't last very long for sure. No, no. Well, and, and again, it's like, it didn't work at the end of the day, whatever you think about it, whoever you think is right, it didn't work. Then you got it. And it's like, okay, you know, fail, fail fast, right? Fail fast, fix your problems, move on. Um, and that's where you're at. And we're going to get more into that in the, in the, in the final segment with the off season plan. Uh, but again, I did think James Jones was interesting on that podcast because, you know, he's, he's a similar player. You know, he's, he was never as good as Mike Thomas. Like I don't, don't act like I'm sitting here and saying Mike Thomas and James Jones are the same guy because Mike Thomas was just elite, elite, elite at doing what James Jones did, right? Like the similar type of player, but Mike Thomas's ceiling was way higher. But James had a solid career and he understands, like he's a physical receiver too, right? Like he, he'd go in traffic, he'd take hits. And, and I think his big gripe with it, which is kind of, which I think is fair. And I think it's, you know, that's not how you handle things, right? Like, it's like, I could be on Mike Thomas's side and say, yeah, you got to be better about doing certain things. A X, Y, Z wasn't good enough, but going on Twitter and causing a distraction is never going to be the right course. Right? Like, it's not like you saw this, like teammates chiming in and saying like, oh yeah, Mike's go get him." No, because that's just not how a locker room builds itself up. Um, I did, and Derek did post on social media about like you know if they're not for you, they're against you, that sort of thing. And you did have some players chiming in and saying, and and like being like you know positive reactions. So I don't know. I, I think you know I'd like I, to see this I team. See either brother chiming in on Mike T's comments. I don't pay attention to what Derek or or uh dare Darren. I, say. I, I i don't think it's productive i'm not trying to i don't know they could talk if they want <laughs> i i like i i just those conversations are never healthy it's, it gets very aggressive real fast oh yeah they're um, sticking up for bro well not even that no it's it's the reaction that i don't like because it's like they can say whatever they want but you get these really these really personal takes directed at like family members it's it's weird i'm, I'm not a, i'm not a fan of it <laughs> and i it's like it's like why peyton never wanted to talk about eli you know and, and vice versa like they hated playing each other did you know that no well I, yeah I, when i, I figured when eli was with the giants when eli was with the giants and they would match up and they were in different conferences so they don't want to play like once every two years yeah uh like they did not like it. Like it, they did not look forward to it. They would get interviewed about it, and they would be like, "You know, I hate this. This is not fun for me." Um, so I don't know. It's it's a conflicting situation. I'm sure Archie didn't like it either. No, it's like you keep the money machine rolling. Everyone's talking Manning, Manning. Yeah, they're going against each other in the Pro Bowl now. There you go, right? Which I, yeah, I, I don't. You know, the funny thing is, I don't think the Pro Bowl, from a viewing perspective, is is a good product. Right. But what makes it watchable is the Mannings kind of like living and dying with this game. Like they're so into it. Like Peyton, they lost on the final play of the Pro Bowl. And you're like, 
Peyton like drops to his knees. He's not acting. Right. No, not at all. <laughs> That's legit. That he's upset. Like he's going at the rest, but like that's an illegal teeth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you watched any of that, but it was funny. I watched the second half of that uh, flag football game. Um, you know, just changing course to uh, another quarterback um, for a second here that I do want to talk about. So Teddy Bridgewater retires from the Lions. He's going to go. Uh, what was it? Northwestern High School or something in uh, in Miami? His alma mater. Uh, that's definitely not the name of it. I'm sorry. Um, but you, you kind of knew you had a feeling it was going to be the case because he kind of talked about it previously. He said he was going to retire. He always wanted to get into coaching. You know, maybe, maybe he coaches high school for a while, tries to get into NFL coaching. I don't know, but, uh, um, that was quick though. He like retired from the lines and like a week later, it's like, bam, I'm a high school coach. Oh, well, job is open. Yeah. Right? He, he wasn't like, waiting. Job you want. You can't wait around. You got to take it. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if like he ends up, being that that type of guy who signs with a team at like in like week 15 of the season one year just to you know uh because that that will happen i think philip rivers did that or at least philip rivers wanted to do that i can't remember but because he could still play like he's still physically able to play he's just you know done with it but um you know one thing that was interesting so jeff duncan noah.com tweeted today that uh if if sean hadn't retired after or sean hadn't quit after the 2021 season, they were going to bring in Teddy Bridgewater to compete for the starting job. And, you know, it's funny because I I know what he's talking about because I also knew this. Um, and if this is before we even started the podcast. This is just a standing video on YouTube back before like we were doing the podcast version of this. And I put out a video saying, like, I thought Teddy Bridgewater should be the starting quarterback in the 2022 season. And a lot of it was couched in the fact that I knew you know, like, yeah, they were going to potentially bring in Teddy. And I assumed, you know, because you're keeping so much the same, you might as well stay the course with the quarterback position too and bring in Teddy and let him compete and and potentially win that job. And, you know, it's it's funny because, like, at the time, I was like, well, what are you even talking about? <laughs> and they didn't end up doing that, which is weird because it's like the one thing that they didn't try to continue was, you know, that part of it. But uh, it is kind of funny, like as you look at it, and you're like, well, why are certain? Why do certain takes exist certain ways? <laughs> like, because it's like no one, no one was sitting there telling me Teddy would be the quarterback, but I didn't know that Sean was interested in being the quarterback. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and the comments that Sean made, uh, obviously, I f- forget to who was it to Jeff Duncan. No, I think I'm it was – it might have been. I don't know. Um, about one of the greatest leaders he's ever coached and the fact that uh, he was like Ferris Bueller. Everyone just wants to follow him. Yeah, that's, no. And, and That to me is great. That's a great yeah, line. Like the charisma there is is yeah. definitely legit. Um, and like fans saw that, right? My, my biggest – one of my biggest disappointments, and there's a lot of them, but <laughs> one of my biggest disappointments in like recent Saints history – is that we'll just never know. We never got to see Teddy Bridgewater be the starting quarterback. And he might not have been good, but like he went to Carolina and things went terribly. Right. Right. But, and I don't blame him for leaving. Uh, they dropped a bag on his head. He took it, you know, for a starting job. But if Drew had retired after the 2019 season, Teddy would have been the same starting quarterback. Drew wanted to get one more year in and they had a good year. They went to the division around the playoffs. Can't be too mad about it. But it would have been a fun ride. The, the, what would have been annoying is Teddy's a starting quarterback in 2020, 
and then you know it goes terribly and then no none of the fans are ever in the building to cheer for him so any it doesn't matter who was the quarterback in 2020 it wouldn't have been a we wouldn't have been able to enjoy the fan environment around it um but i'll never forget those five games in 2019 where you know they they went five and oh right that was just so much fun right <laughs> like that was just such a fun time in saints history and you know maybe maybe it's for the best maybe because we'll always have that we'll always have five and oh right and if, Teddy if they make him the Mike starter yeah if they make him the starter and it goes badly, then that's going to be the lasting memory. So maybe it's for the best. You know, he gets to have that folklore status, kind of like Shy Tuttle, right? And no one talks about anything about Shy Tuttle other than the stiff arm of Matt Ryan. Like he could have done ninety thousand other things in a Saints uniform. That would always be the lasting image. So Teddy, you know, for the same reason, I don't think Drew's ever going to come back and coach because the lasting image of Drew right now is is this Hall of Fame quarterback. We don't need to know whether he's going to be a bad offensive coordinator or not. I just, well, I want to. I, I will unsum, say though, sadly, Drew's last pass was an interception. Yeah, but I mean, that's still not the lasting image. If Drew came back and led a terrible offense, that would be the lasting yeah. image, and no one wants that. Um, so anyway, I look. Uh, good luck, Teddy. I love Teddy. One of my favorite Saints, even though he only played like what seven games in his career in New Orleans. Uh, at least got in the game for it. I'm sure he's going to be a good head coach. I'm sure those players are going to love him. No, and like I said, uh, when you get a glowing review like that from Sean Payton, that's not just him giving you know lip service right there. He really meant the uh, the words that you know that that were put out there about how highly he thinks of, of Bridgewater. And he has he had mentioned that before. Just there's something about the guy that people want to follow him. Yeah. No. And yeah. Right. It, like it's not hyperbole to say like that was the plan to make him the starting quarterback if drew retired that was the plan and like no one knew whether drew was going to come back after 2019 honestly if the saints don't if the, if it's not for the no call and the saints even make the super bowl in 2018 i think drew would have retired then but how do you retire after that I don't know if you've seen on Disney, you know, the Disney Plus, the what if episode. You could do like a whole what if right there from the Saints. What if the Chiefs never traded up past, you know, that's the big what if. Yeah, that's another one, right. I mean, that's, I mean, can you, like, that's the the biggest what if of all time. If the Chiefs had not traded ahead of the Saints for Pat Mahomes. Right. And Pat Mahomes ended up being drafted in New Orleans. Yeah. And taking over for Drew Brees in 2019. Sean's still here. Mahomes is still here. Who knows yeah. what other championships are here? Yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Sean would definitely still be here if, if Pat Mahomes was here. <laughs> let's, let's be real about that. <laughs> he wouldn't have even considered it. He wouldn't right. even consider leaving. So if, like, if you want to say, like, oh, one of the reasons he left is because he didn't have the quarterback, fair. Because in that what if episode, Sean Payton is the head coach of the Saints for another decade, at minimum. Um, but all right, let's wrap this. Unfortunately for Sean, though, he didn't find his uh, quarterback in Denver either. No, they, I don't. I have no. They, they they're in trouble. I don't. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. Um, anyway, that, uh, that's for inside purple, uh, blue and blue and orange to worry about. Inside orange and black, or there you go, right? Blue, yeah, orange whatever and navy, the, whatever their colors are. Inside mile high, inside thin air. I don't. Know. But all right. Uh, let's wrap up this segment. We're gonna come back. We're gonna go through some restructures. Uh, what I what what I want to see happen this offseason? Some basic things that like you know the next steps once you start hiring these coaches and all of that. This is inside Black and Gold. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be right back.